Visible is a wireless carrier that is not invisible. It is pretty clear from the name, actually, radio waves are invisible. And I can say this with authority as a licensed amateur radio operator. That being said, Visible won't be giving you the power to see light outside the visible spectrum. It's actually way better because having that ability would make getting around very difficult and distracting. What you do get with Visible is unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You get one line of wireless, just $25 a month, which is great in these times of economic uncertainty. That is one line for $25, taxes and fees included. So whatever you're doing at this moment, please stop. Switch immediately. Now, monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Wir gerne sehen in was ist los. It's dein Freundo Seth. I'm learning German. Yeah, in case you didn't know what that was. That is me trying to impress you with the little German that I know. Right now, I am actually learning German. I took it in high school. I goofed off the entire time. I did some other language learning apps. They taught me things like where the taxi stand is and how to find a bus, um, but not a lot of conversational uh German. Thankfully, that's what Babbel is all about. Babbel teaches you language conversationally, which let's face it, that is what you want to know anyway. I don't know. When I was in school, you learned like how to count. You learned like the colors. You learned the shapes. Those are all important things, but they don't help you when you're in uh, like Cologne, Germany with Ein Nierenstein, which by the way is German for kidney stone, uh, an experience I can unfortunately speak personally to. But I've been using Babbel to learn to speak German again, uh, better than I have before. I actually really like it because it is conversational. It's a little bit more relaxed. One of the things that it does that I really like is it'll sometimes show you what the literal English translation is. And I don't know why, but I find that very helpful in sort of understanding the structure, the grammar of a language and sort of putting myself into that mind space. Since I'm only in Germany for Gamescom, which is like a week, week and a half, I'm not immersed in the German language. I'm not immersed in German culture. So what I do is the second best thing. I'm taking Babbel. Hopefully this year when I go to Germany, I'll be able to impress all the Germans with how much German I know from learning through Babbel. The app has pronunciation recognition, so you'll be able to learn how to speak better with your accent, how to actually properly pronounce the words. That way you won't get made fun of by a, a group of older German men because you said Apfelstrudel and not Apfelstrudel. Um, no, it's really cool. Uh, I'm going to say right now there is a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now you can get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners because you guys are the best ones, by the way, at babbel.com slash realm. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash realm. That is spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash realm. Rules and restrictions may apply. Listen! Hello and welcome to Nintendo Vampire Chat, IGN's Nintendo podcast. This is a very spooky episode because... Oh my gosh, guys, it's Halloween. My name is Casey DeFridis, and I am here today with Janet Garcia. Hey. Zach Ryan. Hello. And Paris Snyder. Oh no. <laughs> we are all dressed up a little bit. Uh -huh. Everyone, let's explain our costumes. Pear. Uh, I'm from Top Gun. <laughs> <laughs> That's wrong. No, I'm Kane from uh, Alien. 
Uh, uh, to be honest, my, my, my costume didn't arrive in time, so I had to improvise and I had a face hugger lying around. This is pretty good. <laughs> I like it. Can you even hear me here? here. Yeah, no. Can, I can, oh, yeah. Hello. That's yeah. better. No, that's better. Harry, you have to commit yeah. to the costume. You have to keep it on oh, your sorry. face the I, whole I brought time. spaghetti for later, too. Great. Thank <laughs> you. Traditional German Halloween candy. Yeah. Spaghetti. <laughs> Uncooked spaghetti. Yeah. I'm dressed as Danger Zone. I'm a. I'm <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> that's, that's it. So much. That's it. Danger Zone. Um, I'm a Charizard. Hello. Yay. Uh, I am a Squid Kid from Splatoon 2. Specifically. Yes. Not well, Splatoon 2. Well, check out one. that. You did a swear. Oh my gosh. You just swear like a minute. Janet, explain your roller test. So this is a like roller from Splatoon 2. So it's one of the main weapons in the game. There's variants of it. I went with the one that was a little bit more simplified. Uh, it's made out of PVC pipe. If you guys are watching, it's made out of PVC pipe. Um, a big like cardboard thing that I got from Home Depot. And then just like some foam inside, some like belt um that's basically it and i use some of that like caulking thing that like seals up your windows and that's pretty much what it's made out of nice. and some spray technical paint. marvel yeah. incredible yeah. yeah and i've always wanted to do this because i've always like loved like i don't use the roller in the second game i used it a lot in the first game but it's a really fun item i like how big and goofy the splatoon weapons are and it's convenient because um i'm only five feet tall so i'm about the size of the character yeah. so it was not that hard to make like an oversized item because i'm already Happy. small as opposed to if a normal heighted person Giant wanted to do this, it would have to be a lot larger. I picked up the roller earlier and it looked like a regular size paint roller. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I saw it. Yeah. yeah. So most importantly, it's Danger Halloween. Zone. Yes. And you know what that means? That Luigi's Mansion 3 is out. Oh. Yeah. 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 For, your, for your spooky game times. Yeah. Luigi's Mansion 3, which Janet played all the way through and finished. We have yes. to say here that we're very, very jealous. Yeah, Nintendo has this, none of us have been able to Nintendo play it. Nintendo has this awful release policy where they, where we get our hands on mm-hmm. time with the games basically the moment we finish NVC uh, recording. So mm-hmm. yeah. we might have to move the show to a different We're thinking about it. They send out, they send out like, typically it's like one copy for review and one copy for wikis. Yeah. And that's it. And then like... Occasionally, we'll get extra copies for the office, and they usually like typically go to NVC because we want to talk about them on the show. But it's always after the fact, so like I've only played the uh, E3 demo, or ideally the video team. Like this time, not to be all like you know giving away everything, but like the video team didn't have their own copy, which ideally they also have a copy or several copies of whatever game is kind of hot right now so they can do video coverage but so yeah it was sorry for the inside baseball but yeah. uh, we asked janet if we could play it and she said no right they didn't ask but i would have said no because i was See? very busy with it so i can't busy. even i can't even be upset so uh, come on make us jealous then what do you got yeah it's really good it's great i love it it's definitely the best of the franchise i don't even think that's up for debate unless you're just super hardcore into the nostalgia of the first game um one thing that's really excited about about this game is the fact that like the levels are no longer singularly structured. So in Dark Moon, one of the biggest criticisms people had was that it was level-based. So you'd mm-hmm. go through a mansion and then the game would be like, all right, here's your score and here's your here's your statistics. And a lot of people miss that slightly more open exploration of the first game. Um, this game returns to that, which is really cool. So you still need to like get each elevator button to go up this hotel and save your friends who are once again captured. Mario? Yes, Mario, Peach, um, Toad, Toad and another Toad. There's like, oh. if I were Luigi, I would just leave them captured and start my own franchise. Yep. We don't need them. Now it's his time. But really. then his time. But then he, he wouldn't the have as much to 
to do. I also think he was kind of trapped in the mansion because in the beginning or the hotel, because in the beginning they like board up the the hotel, but it's about 16 like levels high um, and all of them are like themed differently. So I, one thing I really like about this game is that the hotel setting has lent itself to a lot more creativity in the level design. So it's no longer just your run of the mill here's a bedroom and some drawers. Like there's those things too, but then there's also like a hotel shop and a fitness center, but also a like pyramid place and also a ghost boat and like mm-hmm. really, really weird, surreal stuff that they wouldn't normally be able to do if it was kind of following a more traditional mansion structure. Um, so yeah, I really enjoy it. I think the combat is really improved in this one. I, m- some people may might find it a little too easy, but I feel like the combat was never like meant to be hard. It was just clunky. Um, so now you have like the suction shot, the burst move, um, the dark lights back as well. And you have, um, slam, which is my favorite ability. Yeah. Yeah, So, um, I know you guys played the E3 Mm -hmm. like build, so you guys are familiar with that, but you can basically suck up a ghost and then slam it into other ghosts. You can also slam it into other objects. A bunch of stuff is destructible. Um, the puzzles are really well designed. They're fairly simple, but they get progressively harder. There are a few that like, I definitely had to stop and think about for a while. And if you're someone who's really into exploring, which I think a lot of Luigi's Mansion fans are, the gems are pretty challenging to find. Like on my, the way I played it, cause I did it for the guide is I played really slowly to try to get as much as I could my first run through. And I was still missing like about 30 gems at the end. I went back and like got all of them. So I've since hundred percent of the game. How and some of those, there? there are, when does this air? Like uh, October oh, yeah. 31st. So yeah, it's fine. PM. There are six per floor. Um, that, w- that part was like embargoed during the review time, but okay. there's six per floor. So there's like that times 16 floors mm-hmm. or actually I think there's 17 floors. Cause I think there's 15 and then two basement floors. Okay. Um, so there's a lot of gems. There's also hidden booze again. How's and the, yeah. How's the variety in general? Mm-hmm. Cause like the original game suffered from the issue that it was very one track, right? Mm-hmm. It was a fun game. It was very short and then there wasn't a lot of variety or a lot of progression. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about this one? I think it's a lot more varied just because, uh, as I mentioned before, the level design is just really unique and different and weird. Yeah. Um, my A few of like my criticisms of it are that there are a lot of bosses in this game, and that's fine. A lot of them are very playful and interestingly designed and, and set up in a fun way. Like There's a lot of personality in this game. But, um, and hopefully this isn't like a glass shattering moment for people where they're like, I wouldn't have noticed if you didn't point it out. But since there's like, 15, 16 plus bosses, you kind of start to notice that like, oh, this one also spins and gets tired and then you stun them. Oh, this one three floors later also spins and gets tired. So the um, variety in the boss battle specifically starts to kind of lose some of its cachet the further you go up because you kind of feel like you've seen all the ways they have you use the vacuum and and play with the environment and they kind of just start rinsing and repeating and kind of reskinning it in a sense, not to be dismissive to what they made, but it kind of lost some of its charm towards the end for me. Um, but overall, yeah, I still really loved it. It was a great time. The collectibles were a fun challenge. And if you're someone that struggles with puzzles, um, there's also a hint system built into the game where you can call EGAD and he'll give you like a little hint. Um, he also gives so hints throughout the game. It's not as annoying as Dark okay. Moon. Dark Moon, he would not stop calling you. And um, something that's also really cool about this is you have the option to turn off hints from EGAD. Okay. So like, if you really do, don't want him to say almost anything, you can just turn off those hints. And, that's really smart. Yeah, and you can explore because like otherwise. So like if you turn the hints off, mm-hmm. you still have the option to call him and ask for a hint. Absolutely. Oh, that's so cool. Um, and this is something I especially noticed when like the first time I was playing through, I was going super slow. And, you know, the, like the first objective might be like, 
uh, go to Egad's room to get his suitcase. And I'm like, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to explore. And he would keep saying like, hey, don't you know where you have to go? And that like annoyed me. So I turned it off and then he stopped talking about it. He still does talk to you and like kind of prompt you along, but it's not nearly as like, hey, did you forget where you were going? Did you remember this? Did you try this? So I think it's a really great balance of difficulty, um, which I wish Nintendo's every always game been had that. Good at that. Like, mm-hmm. I wish every game had that. There are so many games like where you start like especially towards the beginning i wish that there was just an option that was like have you ever played a video game before and mm-hmm. you could just turn off a bunch of the tutorial stuff because it's like i never ever need to be told like use the right stick to control the camera mm-hmm. you, you like, played you played outer worlds right it's like yeah duck under this log i'm like yeah. how many times have i ducked under yeah. a damn log stop yeah it. yeah um but that's good mm-hmm. i have a question yes. so we so ign gave the first one a seven and gave Dark Moon, the second one, a 9.3. Mm-hmm. No, this one has an 8.3. Yes. You think this one is the best one, though? Yes. Different reviewers. Yeah, different reviewers, of course. Kevin McDonald, and then I think uh, Matt Casablanca. Matt Casablanca. Did I pronounce no, that wrong? Matt Casablanca. Casam- 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 Why did Casam- I say Casablanca? Casam- I like Casablanca Jesus. much better. It's a better name. I'm going to call right? that now. Awesome. <laughs> yes. I'm going off memory, okay? Um, and then Ryan McCaffrey on our third one. So, I mean, yeah, to Paris' point, like everybody has different tastes. Everybody has different like mm-hmm. uh, sentiment for a franchise or in this case, you know, characters. And like, you know, Keza mm-hmm. likes one certain type of game. So maybe she gave uh, Luigi's Mansion a seven mm-hmm. and uh, Matt Casamassina, obviously a Nintendo fanboy. So he's going to give it 9.3. Like, yeah, I mean. It's the other way around. Yeah. What's that? It's, it's the, the other, other way, way around. around. Matt uh, got a lot it. of flack. I remember that when the review went up, there were so many Nintendo fans. Because he gave it a us. seven? Yeah. I mean, I would give him the first one a seven. Yeah. yeah. You know I what? thought, I, I had my timing wrong. I thought, mm-hmm. I thought, yeah. yeah, one was here after the other. But. No, Matt lived in the 1800s with yeah. me. <laughs> I think what's interesting about that too, like with the whole idea of like, oh, is this one's higher? But like, what does that mean? Especially when you start looking at a franchise in its entirety. But I think with Dark Moon, like, you know, I'm not scoring Dark Moon or even thinking about mm-hmm. Dark Moon when it came out. And when I first played it, I'm thinking about it now and having like talked to other people, thought about it, played other games, like how Dark Moon ages isn't like as well as maybe when it first came out. Like when it first came out, I loved it and I still love that game. I think yeah. it's a great game. But um, now having gotten some space from it, I real and then now having played this one, I really realize some of the things that were lacking in Dark Moon that this one does offer um it's also interesting that idea that it went from like seven to nine to eight because Mm -hmm. i also feel like that's kind of how the franchise was received like it was sort of like a cult classic for some people like people some people really loved it and then some people were like it's fine you know it's Mm -hmm. good but whatever and then when dark moon came out it was kind of like everyone that was like oh my god i love luigi's mansion finally had something to rally around and now this is kind of like in an interesting spot because you do have those longtime fans but you also have people that are like oh what's this i have a switch I like Nintendo games. Maybe I should pick this up. So it kind of, in a sense, makes sense that it had that like low, high, and then kind of a, a middle again. Historically, I mean, the the other thing that the original Luigi's Mansion had going against it is it was the Mario game for the platform it launched. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, so there were high expectations because Mario games are usually stellar and, you know, everybody's favorite games mm-hmm. for a platform. And here comes a platform with a Luigi's Mansion game where the character can't jump, it's different, and it's very short. That's a very mm-hmm. short game, like more like a portal but without the payoff of a portal. Mm-hmm. You know, no happy song at the end, just 
some bad Mario. Well, Nintendo wanted to make a Resident Evil game when they made Luigi's Mansion. You know what I mean? They felt like they were missing out on like a very, very short Resident Yeah, specific <laughs> type of game. Yeah. You know, like, you know, move so, here, find this to unlock this. Like, yeah. And that's why I think like getting a Luigi's Mansion now is such perfect timing. Mm-hmm. We've had a Mario game. We had a Zelda game. We've explored some of the uh, other franchises. Um, and so... I think this is this is just nice to have this game and watching you play some of the levels. Um, I love the variety. I mm. love the the mechanics. You know, there there are lots more, lo- a lot of cool things to the uh, um, to the vacuuming and mm-hmm. um, the puzzle gameplay with Guiji. So yeah, I would say too, just because you know, I know we're probably gonna you know wrap up this segment at this point, but um, the co op. I only played a little bit of it co op. Um, I played some of it. Uh, with my brother when I was on vacation and it worked pretty well. Like one thing that's nice is a lot of times in these co-op moments where it's like you have your main character and like a character we made so that you could play co-op. Um, you have these situations where you feel like it's, it's forced and awkward, but I feel like it's pretty well balanced. Uh, Guiji has way lower health than Luigi, but his health is always regenerating. So even though he only has 25 versus like 99, a hundred health, um, it comes back like immediately. And I think playing alone, it's totally fine. Like it just feels because a lot of times when you're using Guiji, it's just for the puzzle solving. So it doesn't feel like I have to fight using two characters at once. There are like a few moments in the game where it did feel a little difficult switching between the two, but it was literally like one or two out of the whole thing. Uh, the whole game takes about 15 hours or so. Like me and Ryan finished that it in about perfect. 15 hours. Mm-hmm. And I did my 100% completion, which means uh, being the game, getting all the booze and getting all the gems. Took me, I think, twenty five yeah, or twenty seven hours. I keep hearing booze yeah. every time you. S- <laughs> Gosh, ghost uh, like ghost booze, uh, but yeah. Yes, but you can also do that as well if that if you are so inclined and of age. But yeah, so it's it's a it's See, I thought she a medium. It, she totally gets it. It's she like a medium sized game, fine. but um, if you want something a little bit deeper, there's definitely uh, that space, especially if you are you know doing it on your own or without a guide. But if you do want to do it with a guide, we have a guide that I'm writing. A really it's wonderful good. guide and you should definitely go look at it because Jan has been working very hard in it. Please, I'm very tired. Read her work. I've played a lot of um, I love Luigi's Mansion. I love Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon and I'm very excited to play this third game. Uh, unlocks tonight at nine o'clock, just in time for the spooky time. Yeah, I can't wait. Spooky. I'm flying to London on Monday, and I need something for the long Perfect. flight. Perfect. Perfect. What about Dragon Quest? I, I know you didn't that. finish I still that. Still have that with me. I know you didn't finish it. No, I didn't finish yet. it either. I'm only. Long. I've only played like five five hours since the last time. Yeah, that's yeah. It's got some other games, I've, but yeah. yeah, I still only have like an hour and a half into that game. It's good, please play more. I know. Oh, I would yeah, like got good stuff yet. I would like to so play more. Yeah. You haven't even met Silvando. <laughs> no. I started playing I I've been putting in like an hour into a bunch of new games before deciding which one to stick with. And sure. I haven't quite chosen That's which a good one way to stick do it, with though. yet. Yeah. I've had time doing that. Do you yeah. guys get like gamer guilt where you feel like you have to stick with a game if oh. you started it? Yes. I have time. so much yeah. guilt. I have yeah. guilt for everything. I have but like it's game continue. Just, game just general, continue, like Catholic guilt. Game like. continue guilt. I actually was raised Catholic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm no longer Catholic. No offense to anyone that's Catholic. But yeah, like n- not finishing games, not playing enough games, not trying enough games, not like it's... It's just, yeah. I'm just well, sometimes with guilt. sometimes yep. I'll go back and, and like start a game that I've already played because I'm like I just want to play this game again. I know. And then I get like a couple hours into it. And I'm like, why am I doing this instead of playing something new? And Spider-Man like, PS4 is like that. For I me. Know. And then I still have Mass Effect. But I still there. I like, still like I gotta play Mass Effect. I still like to boot up Spider-Man every so often just to like swing through yeah. the city it's just so for that fun. locomotion because it's so fun. It's, but it's yeah, but that's not a Nintendo into. game, so yeah. not allowed to revisit. Touche. Sorry. Sorry. So that was I was talking about Luigi's Mansion Three out now which because it's halloween we hope you're all having a great halloween too spooky yeah 
No, not too spooky. I don't think Luigi's Mansion is that spooky. Is there, are there Terrifying. any moments? Like, did, I, did you guys think we, the first one was kind of spooky? Well, the, it was spooky. Well, maybe I was I mean, younger, so yeah, it's a little I hard to tell. Yeah. Like, you guys were a lot younger than, Baby than we were. Child. Yeah, because that came out in what two thousand, two thousand one. Yep. When, when I was in first grade, I, I was almost. Four. Oh my I was in, gosh! I was in. I was a junior in high school. You were almost forty. That math know. doesn't check I, out. Something like that. Um, but is, are there any scary moments? School. Like, do parents have to worry now? Right? No, it's I don't like, think so. Of, there was literally like. I mean, the dog's already dead. So. One or two <laughs> things where I was like, "Oh my!" But nothing like that scared me. Can you? I, I would. Like, she's like, "Oh my!" I know. Yeah. She's just like playing through the game. Like, that is oh my. exactly how I play. It's yeah. that deadpan. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, there was like a few moments that slightly startled me, but nothing that like jump scare or anything like that. Um, it's pretty tame in that regard, I would say. Okay. And it feels less scary than the other ones. But like I said, maybe I was just younger because I was younger. So. All right. Yeah. That could be it. So it was Luigi's Mansion Three. Now let's move on to. Some news. Okay, some news. Some news. So the Halo 4 and 5 artist joins uh, the Metroid Prime 4 team. So it's Kylie Hef- uh, Kyle Hefley. He's a senior character modeler for... I keep just saying names wrong today. This Jason's never seen the name today. Kyle before. <laughs> Kylie. <laughs> Kylie. Well, sometimes you just see that one letter and you're like, I don't need to see the rest of this. I got it. I've she been only there. knows names like Zara Groth. Yeah. I, the important Dragonor. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right. El Bowden. Important names. Yep. Um, Kyle was a senior character modeler for Halo 4 and 5, including uh, Master Chief's design in Halo 5. And Will acted as the lead character artist for, um, and he will act as the character artist for Prime 4. There you go. Uh, That's pretty hey, cool. so, um, And Retro is still hiring for this game. This game's so. never coming out. <laughs> Yo, uh, if they're hiring no, that's the character biggest artist takeaway, now, right? like, this game is never coming out. Like, it's coming out just super late. That can mean that super they late. just need more oomph on the team. They need more work. Or one, one of the lead character designers is moving to a different project. Maybe they've got something else that they're wrapping up or starting. Or it could mean that somebody's getting ready to leave. So lots of different options that are different from they haven't started yet and they're just getting their character artist and now he's going to start designing Okay, but have, have you considered... Yeah. That this game's never coming out. No, it will come out. First of all, it's cool that, you know, I think Retro lost a couple of talented people to 343. And so yeah. now we're, now we're getting into like, yeah. the last The last Halo was the most Metroid like looks wise, so, like, design wise. Yeah. yeah. It's and then funny. didn't a bunch of that team also go to, um, uh, what did they, they made that game about the girl in the desert with the robot pals? Oh, uh, Recore. Recore. Yeah. Which, underrated game. I thought that okay. game was pretty good. Mm. Yeah. I, I thought well, it. we, we had some problems. We gave it like a seven. We gave it like a seven, and I feel like that's right on the money. But I feel like the general sentiment is that people thought it was like much worse. I think but that game has a lot I think it was of Metroid definitely, DNA. I think it was okay. It. Not like not unlike Samus. I think it was just okay. Though I think Record Two, I'm there because I feel like that could have been a great game, but it was just okay. Record Two, uh, fact, lower. will come out before Metroid. I can't wait for Record. We're writing that down. Record. We okay. broke my heart. I could not deal with it. it At least somebody really keep rough. tabs on Zach's no, various predictions. Yes. Look, obviously, like the original Metroid Prime is one of my favorite, like probably top five favorite games of all time. And I desperately want Metroid Prime 4 to come out. And I'm really, really hoping that all this news about, you know, people being hired and moved around and, you know, now retro is like hiring for these other positions and stuff. Like I'm hoping that that means that they have a bunch of it done and just need these people to come in and bolster like, mm-hmm. m- you know, more of their efforts. But something about the way that they're rolling out this information leads me to believe that they're still very, very early on. I don't know. I, f- I feel like, you know, 
Retro worked on three Metroid Prime games, and I feel like it's not that when they got the franchise back that they started to think about this franchise. Like, you can't... That's their baby, right? They define Metroid for for the new generation, effectively. I bet there are lots of ideas, lots mm-hmm. of scribbles on napkins, lots of concepts for where yes, games Yes, but napkins go. do not a video game make, sir. No, but, like, a it's lot a of start. the talent from the original <laughs> games is still there and is, is working on this game. So I, I wouldn't... Yeah, I wouldn't write this one off as being that far off, but um, it's obviously not. When, okay, give us a date. I think it'll be, it won't be next Christmas. I think it'll be March of 2021. I was also going to say 2021. I'm going like 2022, 2024, 25. Wow. Uh, that'll be like the Switch 3, yeah. I think, I think it'll Switch 3 launch title. Here we go. <laughs> I four. I four. We don't really Christmas believe that it will be the I think it's really far off, but that's fine. Like, yeah. I don't. There's nothing really we can, anyone can do about that. We need that. to have the trilogy first, and I think it's right? clear that they really it's, care about getting this right. It doesn't mean they will get it right, but it's clear that you know they could have just tried to roll with what they had and you know retune it. But they're like, no, we just throw it all out, start from scratch. And I think it takes a lot of like creative courage to be like, mm-hmm. this is not up to par, and we're doing it again because we're going to do it right. And I respect that. Retro hasn't make a, made a bad game, so you know until until they make one. Well, then statistically, it becomes even more likely that it's, it's on the way. So, in other news, the PS4 is now officially outsold the Wii with well, a one hundred and two point eight million. We thought the it Wii's was one hundred one point six million. We thought it was impossible. We thought nobody would yeah. do it. We thought that they were untouchable, and now, lo and behold, Sony's a little machine that could. That's pretty impressive. I mean, some you. Mm-hmm. You have to concede that there are more hardware iterations in play now. So somebody who had a PS4 may have upgraded to a PS4 Pro, and the same is obviously happening true. with the Xbox. But the same thing is true for some of the other um, devices on the on the list. If you include handheld consoles, PS4 is at number four, mm-hmm. uh, right behind the Game Boy and the DS, and they're only really on the list with 159, 154 million, 118 million because they iterated on the hardware. Mm-hmm. Game Boy to Game Boy Color, Game Boy really Advance is separate. Yeah. But um, that's that's impressive, you know. The, the yeah, the Wii seemed like such a huge success from a hardware sales perspective. It actually suffered versus the PS4 or the PS2 in software attached later, right? People people did get tired of playing Wii games, and they yeah, used the it wrists as a, started. No, but it, that's right, physically. The no, but they they use it as a Netflix machine later. You know, yeah. yeah my Wii parents became. still have a Wii, and it's just strictly for Netflix. My parents also still get discs delivered, which I didn't know was a thing. Oh, yeah. from Netflix? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What? By the yeah. way, the, but they discontinued that part. That's crazy. Or they they did like until pretty recently. That's crazy. Yeah. By the way, the Switch is number fifteen on the list of best selling consoles if you include the handheld devices with uh, thirty six million. However, right as we're speaking. There is a press conference in Japan where they'll announce their, le- their new fiscal uh, reports, the results. And so we'll probably get, no, definitely, we'll get new install numbers for all of their systems out of that. So it's probably uh, jumped up a couple of numbers. What if they get on the phone? What if they get on the phone and say that they've sold 124 million units since their last report and then all of a sudden switch, right to number I one? Will eat this face hugger. Um, but <laughs> Don't make promises like no, that. I can, you heard I it can here first. You make that promise. But um, it is possible but that the press announcement tomorrow will be that the switch uh, surpassed the Xbox One in total sales. Which you know, it's been I, out that for wouldn't two surprise years. me. Okay. Uh, we were getting close. Microsoft hasn't disclosed a public number, but mm-hmm. you know, with they're the only ones that NPD don't. Leaks, yeah, we kind of have an idea. 
Yeah. I wish that they would, but I kind of understand why it's they're not, not. It's not to their advantage. No. And by the way, like I, I love my Xbox One X. It is the it is the best console right now on the market. You love Xbox One X? Yeah, I love Name it. three Xbox games. Well, I play all my, th- I play <laughs> wow. All my party wow. games. Wow, couldn't on. even name See? one. Well, wow. I'm a Forza guy, so uh-huh. obviously I can name more Forza. than... Yeah, For- Forza 2. Forza Horizon. Forza Horizon's real good. No, but I play I play Red Dead, I play Witcher, I play all these games on, on the Xbox One. See you on Unlocked Pair. Yeah. And I have a PS4 too, I love it too. But this is about Nintendo. Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. and back like in the day, Charizard's looking at me all angry. I, I do think I. I <laughs> sorry, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say it felt like when the Wii was out, everyone had a Wii. I yeah. mean, even people in my family who otherwise never had game systems had a Wii. And I don't, I don't know. Maybe I'm just not as connected. But I don't feel that way with the PS4. But maybe it's because of what Paris is saying. Ones, yeah. yeah, is that people are upgrading. Yeah. Just I think the thing too is like... Brian Altano owns five Switches. So. <laughs> That's wow. true. He's carrying yeah. the team. We got to start four. pulling our weight. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, he's beating us by like four Switches. Um, I think it's just that like the PS4 isn't as much of a cultural phenomenon because even just talking to people in the office, like most people have a PS4, but not everyone has an Xbox One, which I know we've mm-hmm. discussed here and probably like on all our shows at some point. Um, but yeah, that's the thing. Like the Wii was like in your face everywhere, like on, you know, and Nintendo's like really good at having like those very pop culture, like TV spots and promotionals yeah. and things. Like well, they're just out and about more. And the, the Wii was just like such a, a huge thing. To, um, yeah. To an extent, I, I think that, that the PlayStation 4 and, and to some extent, the Xbox One and the Switch owe some of their modern success to the Wii because the Wii did a thing that that n- no console before it had done in that it introduced an entirely new demographic of people to the medium of video games, right? Yep. Like there, there are people that just did not care about video games at all that got sort of initiated through playing on the Wii because of the uh, simplified control systems. But then you also had like a whole group of lapsed gamers that were reintroduced to games. It was like, oh yeah, these are still great. And then, you know, bought successive consoles to the Wii. So I think, you know, there is something to be said about uh, the cultural impact, like you were saying, of, of the Wii because it just like ushered in a ton of new gamers sort of backdoor. But yeah. The funny thing is always looking at console install numbers. And obviously it's good news that the PS4 passed 100 million units because it shows that all the predictions of console gaming dying amidst mobile gaming and PC gaming are not true. But, you know, the install base for PCs is a little higher. <laughs> They'll have to uh, work another 100 years before they can catch up to that 2 billion or whatever it is. All right. I'll see you then. Of gaming machines. Yep. So, uh, real quick. I will eat this plushie. I'll, I'll eat uh, all the plushies. Sounds like a bad time. I just wanted to mention real quick that our Joe Scrubbles interviewed Reggie. Um, our Joe Scrubbles. <laughs> our Joe. Yeah. Our Joe. Our, Joe. our UK Joe. Um, he interviewed Reggie uh, Fusime, and you can read that interview on IGN.com right now. And I also just wanted to go over real quick that Pokemon Sword and Shield won't support cloud saves, just like, I don't know, I kind of assumed that because Let's Go didn't. Anti-duplication. That's all it is. They probably tested it and couldn't get it. Yeah, you can still transfer your saves if you transfer your entire account to a different Switch, but you're not going to be able to have your Switch Lite and your regular Switch and just seamlessly move it back and forth. It's going to have to live on one Switch to be convenient. Um, And... Lastly, so a couple of months ago, we spoke briefly about how EA said that they weren't interested in bringing The Sims to Switch because their games haven't performed well. 
And in it, recently in an interview with Game Informer, EA said, we invested with FIFA. We had good success there. I love that we have such a great global reach and global presence on that platform with that game. We are absolutely looking at more Switch games in our portfolio, so more to come on that. We're not going to announce anything as of yet, but it is absolutely a platform we're looking, we are looking at for some of our more successful games. But so we got into it. Uh, in the, so on our internal Slack channels, we have a Nintendo voice chat, uh, Slack channel where we talk about all things Nintendo kind of prepping, prepping for the show. And we sort of got into this whole conversation because of EA's comments about, um, the Sims and how they were sort of unwilling to bring the Sims to the switch. Right. Um, and Miranda was saying, well, the Sims is like best played on the PC, but Tom and I were talking about how like we've played the Sims on console and have loved the Sims, like sort of wherever it just seems crazy to me that that EA, you know, especially now that they're talking about bringing some of their back catalog out on different platforms, like they're missing out on huge sums of money by not taking the Wii, uh, the Wii, yeah. <laughs> the Switch into consideration for things like a potential Mass Effect trilogy or a potential Dead Space trilogy or, you know, like these remasters and stuff that have performed so well for other franchises. Like, or, or something new. I mean, like you, you no, they've, no they've, they've, supported, they've supported some indie devs to, you know, pu- publish some uh, indie games and yeah. give <laughs> them wider. Unravel too. Why are you so mean to me? No fair. Oh, I see. That was the game. Uh, yeah, the uh, and I feel like there are games out there looking for a little bit of help to get done. I also think that they could find an amazing indie dev to do a unique Sim a Sims game for the for the Switch. Fair yourself. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, imagine they did a 16-bit looking Sims edition, Sims 90s or something. I don't know. That'd be cool. Yeah, but like. What I what I don't want to see are these half-assed ports. Like, wow, quite frankly, the FIFA, the FIFA port's yeah. bad. Yeah. yeah, I don't mind if they bring back some of their their oldies but goodies from the last. They gens. would make a bajillion dollars if they put the three Mass Effect games on Switch. Really? You think oh so? God, are you? Where kidding? are those numbers coming from? Huh? Yeah. Right off the old brain I, grapes, baby. I'm, I'm with Brian too. Like he said, he wanted Dead Space, and I think bringing Dead Space to the Switch around Halloween would have been awesome. Yeah, that would Dead be, Space is so good. Be, yeah, that would be good. Necromorphs. Remember the Wii Dead Space where yeah, like, where you're like a shooter. Yeah. That was a good game. Good. Yeah. That was really yeah. fun. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I'm with I'm with Pear. I definitely want to see. They've already shown some support with their EA Originals lineup coming to Switch, and I want to see more of those EA Originals on Switch because I love EA Originals. It's like one of my favorite things that EA does. Uh, they're not always good or even great games or flip those, but like a lot of times they are like worth checking out. Like I loved Unravel. I loved Unravel 2. Um, I want to keep seeing like what they're, yeah. what they come up with. Or like, just go back to the old classics when EA used to make these like lavish, uh, lavish, big kind of PC boxes with the creator's signature on them, like mail order monsters time. Like go back to your classics and re-release them. Like honestly, that they'll cost them like $19 to port all that stuff. <laughs> put some cool documentary stuff on it and, and put it out there and see what happens. Certainly worked for Capcom. Uh, and then Plants vs. Zombies obviously is coming. Yeah, well, how is there not a Plants vs. Zombie games on the Switch? Whew, dang. I think it's been the biggest question. So, I mean, you you laugh, but like at every award show this or every uh, like convention this summer, especially Gamescom, like people were only interested in Plants vs. Zombies. No, I was, it I was, was surprised crazy. about that at yeah, Gamescom. Yeah. Like everybody was like, where's Plants vs. Zombies? Why is it there here? Was, like, there was a rumor that it would be shown, so yeah. they kept on badgering everyone. It's great. And by, by the way, we tried no. at Gamescom. We talked to EA and we're like, why can't we? We had already gotten uh, footage for the game under embargo and we couldn't yeah. show it. And we were badgering them the whole time to let us reveal it on the Gamescom stream. Crazy. They wouldn't yeah. let us. For our whole stream, people were... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just like spamming like, the chat with yeah. like plans for zombies. Yeah, we try. 
<laughs> to bring you plants and zombies. That's about it for news th- this week, but there are... Not a lot. Yeah, not a whole lot. There's also not a whole lot of games coming out this week. Um, we already talked about Luigi's Mansion. Yay. There's another super spooky game out today called Agony, but we gave that a 4 out of 10. <laughs> and Spooky it's, because uh, it's so bad? <laughs> it's scary. also rated M for Mature because it is incredibly gory and kind of disgusting. It's a survival horror set in hell where you are a lost soul and have to traverse hell. That all sounds and cool. there's blood you everywhere and oh yeah, a bunch of stuff game. that's rated M that I'm not going to describe. Why you know? doesn't EA bring Dante's Inferno to the Switch? Yeah, that's right. It's, I mean, it's better than Agony, right? Yeah, yep. supposedly. I don't know. I also have not played Agony. I heard that it is a really good as far as its atmospheric and graphics go, but as far as gameplay, it can be a little bit monotonous and just... Yeah, and yes. I heard a lot of the stuff in there was kind of like almost for shock value and was yes. like in and by like disgusting, we mean like like messed up stuff, not like, oh, it's super gory and gross. So not like doom disgusting, like actually like some dark twisted stuff. So it's just in there. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. Just, it's very spooky. just as an FYI. Very, very spooky and gross. Um there's also a an indie game that's been out on a PC and iOS for a while called Yuri. Um it's a platform game made by two people. Um, it's all hand-drawn art. It's very cute. It's also impossible to Google because of its name. <laughs> so um, type in Nintendo. It's Y-U-R-I. Actually, I don't know. I can't recommend Google. I, I Googled. I just like, oh, Yuri game. And I'm like, why did I do that? You got a lot, um, a lot of Russian men. <sighs> Gosh, yep. Yeah. And astronauts. <laughs> no, I got the anime. Yuri, yeah, nice. It was oh. fine. No. Um, I don't know about that. But anyway, those are about, there are also a couple of other games out this week, but nothing of note. I don't know if you guys saw anything out that... No. no, not really. Yeah, I'm no. looking forward to After Party coming to Switch, but it's not yep. on Switch yet. That's so. true. Yeah. So there, there actually, there is one more game I forgot. Um, Disney Classic Games Aladdin and the Lion King came oh, out. Oh yeah, the physical oh, yeah. editions came out too. Yeah. Um, and that came out on the 29th, and I played some of the Lion King. You guys I watched Casey play. <laughs> so look, I played the Lion King on Super Nintendo when I was a kid, and I loved this game, and I beat it. <laughs> And I was like, oh, this is fine. Like, I can totally do this. And I remembered, I like remembered which monkeys I had to roar at and where the secret bugs are so you can get you the mini game. Yeah. I guess not roar, but meow menacingly. And man, that game's really hard. I have no idea how I and beat that as a kid. To be clear, it's such a hard Casey game. wasn't struggling. She was doing really well in the most horrible level ever made in a video with the, game. With the, the second oh, one. I just uh, yeah. can't wait to be king. Oh, yeah. God, that jumpy. level. Because it's like the... It, I mean, they are they're one ups there for a reason because mm-hmm. they know you're gonna fall into the same hole because you can't understand where where that damn line can land. Yeah, no, it's like yeah. you, it's like oh, I'm totally gonna grab onto this tail and yeah. then he just doesn't, he doesn't and then he falls into the water and drowns. Yeah. Oh no, <laughs> flashbacks. Uh, but it's it's really beautiful. It's it so still pretty. holds up. Um, the art was always really good, but Aladdin obviously is the better game. Aladdin is a great game. I actually never played Aladdin. Aladdin is awesome. <gasps> but yeah. one. So, so Aladdin, they only included the Sega version of yeah, Aladdin and not true. the Super Nintendo. At yeah, first. it's a, a whole it's a whole deal because both of those games were made by Virgin Interactive one versions, and then there was also a version made by Capcom for Aladdin. And so, yeah, uh, th- this particular package is just the Virgin Interactive. Uh, 
games, and those are the lesser of those two. Okay. So. Well, I mean, the, there's a heated debate about which one's better. Like, there are there are a lot of people who say the Genesis version. Well, the Genesis version has, like, grittier. crazier animations. It's yeah, it's beautiful. I always felt that the uh, Shinji Mikami's um, Aladdin is a little better. It's a it's a better game overall, and it has more interest. Shinji levels. Mikami's Aladdin sounds terrifying. Yeah, but yeah. That's, that's what it is. That's weird, because the Nintendo version of The Lion King looks and sounds way better than the Sega version. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. All right, but I'll have to. Tra- I'll I'll check out Aladdin because I only played oh, Aladdin King so and I loved it. It's a good game. You can jump on a camel and then they spit at your enemies. So and there are there there are a few new features with the this classic edition. You can basically watch someone play the game in, in a perfect run and then just jump in and play whenever yep. you want. Mm. So if you want to skip the second level of the Lion King, which is the worst level in the entire game, it might totally be the worst level in gaming ever. Yeah, uh, no, yeah. that game, that level is. I'd read that list. <sighs> Yep. The worst, the worst levels in game. Okay, this is get Lucy on the phone. One. Yep, <laughs> number one worst. So that's about all. All for games out this week. Uh, what are you guys playing? Pair. We'll start on. Well, your I uh, so I live in Marin County, which oh, is no. to, <laughs> which is north of San Francisco, and we didn't have electricity for a while. So th- thank goodness for the the switch. Is it back? Uh, it is back as of last night. So we were out since Saturday, from Saturday to uh, to Wednesday, basically. You had no electricity whatsoever. And then it was the entire county, so you couldn't go to a store and buy ice to save anything in the fridge or freezer either. We, you and had the cell towers the are city, off too, right? And then every Safeway in San Francisco was also sold out of ice because the uh, my Marin brethren were invading too. So it, it was... Uh, and cold showers for everybody, of course, who doesn't have a tank water heater. Uh, I want to take this opportunity to say deprivatize uh, PG. Thank you. Yeah. Well, they're heavily regulated, so California takes some uh, some blame in that whole uh, kerfuffle as well. But obviously, I, they turned off electricity because the infrastructure is so bad. They didn't want to spike. Uh, they, they didn't want to spark uh, any of the power lines and wooded areas and set the world on fire. And California was already burning. So I live nowhere near the fires. I don't think where I live would catch on fire. Yep. And we also got a notice that we may wow. have our power turned off. We, and yeah, the, in the East Bay. Um, I don't want to say sure. where, where I live. <laughs> where, where, I, uh, where I live, there was uh, no wind, and we were still in a high wind hazard zone. So obviously not not amazing planning, but thank you, Switch, for existing, because yes. obviously none of my other consoles worked, mm-hmm. um, and I don't have a fancy Tesla power wall or generator or anything like that. So I booted up the Switch. The only thing that's horrible is once you – like I, I had these uh, – I, I was thinking like, oh, if my one Switch is out and I have no more recharge power, I can just jump to my other Switch. But because of DRM, I couldn't sign into the internet. Yep. So I can't Aww. actually continue playing my game. Yep. But I played uh, Return of the Obra Din almost the entire time. Tom talked about that game in the past. I always ignore Tom when he recommends games because they're always like artsy little like bow tie Tom games, games and yeah. stuff. Like, Artsy little games. bow tie games. Artsy little what? bow tie games. That game well, Tom's so an artsy good. little bow tie man. I love that game so much. Yeah, Oberdin is really great. It I is, haven't played it yet on Switch, but I loved it. The uh, graphics are very stylized, like black and white. But the game is so cool. It's it is a, it is a bit spooky in that you uh, you investigate this uh, ship from the 1800s where everybody's dead, and you have a crew manifest, and they're dead bodies like bones everywhere, and you have to figure out who's who and piece together the story as you kind of rewatch and hear some of the scenes and like the way you figure out which which uh, sailor is what person is to look at their uniforms is to compare tattoos is to see like 
you know, where they stand in relation to other characters. Or That's actually how, very important. Or how they die or what accents they have. So <laughs> very, very cool game. I can only recommend it. It's a, it's a quick game. Think like five, six hours. It's yeah. a really good really Halloween game. I think that's what I'm going to do on Halloween. I'm just going to hang out in a costume and play Oberdin. Yeah, really enjoyable. I wanted to play... Uh, I'm very lame, Zach. Stop weird. looking at me like that. I wanted that. to play Ring Fit Adventure, <laughs> but fun. I couldn't play that on a tiny screen because I can't read the words yeah. from far away. Yeah. It's hard. So sorry. I it's couldn't okay. send you any uh, any workout points or anything because I didn't have the internet. We forgive you. I should. I haven't sent workout points to anyone. I should start yeah, doing that. Yeah, a lot. I started doing that. Yeah, Jane I sent and mine I, to yeah. Brian. Brian's like, what? <laughs> um, Jane and I are still playing Ring Fit Adventure. Yes. We're both on the third world. And have challenged each other. Actually, Janet challenged me in some stuff. We should do more mini games. Yeah, the mini games are really fun. Um, <laughs> the names are they're so silly. I don't the comment the, the comment section, but yeah, there's this game called Thigh Rider. Let's move on. It's Yo! called Thigh Rider. <laughs> um, Danger Zone. <laughs> this is an E for everyone game. Okay, regular. But game. in yeah. in this game, you have here. Explain. You, you take the um, gifts, the ring con. Gifts, gifts, gifts. Take the ring con and you put it between your thighs. And then you squeeze your thighs together while sitting down. Yes, to like um, lift a cart. And then what? How the minigame works is like a little car is like driving along, and you want to jump and collect all the coins. So you need to like squeeze your legs together to like lift no. the car up. And then you, like the longer, you, if you squeeze for a long time, it'll like hold it, kind of like a jump that's like a hover jump that's like held. And you're just trying to get all the coins, but there's also bombs along the track. So it's kind of this like the classic risk reward in like a plat. It's essentially a platformer, but that okay. you play with your thighs. Um, so I challenged Casey to this thigh platformer and she beat me in the thigh platformer. <laughs> Casey has stronger thighs than me, I guess is what I learned today. And she's better at hunting monsters. So I feel like I can't win at any games against Casey. She can also dance better than me. Yeah. But Mike learn all these new things. My yeah. cardio and endurance is awful. So you pick an endurance game and I will, I we will play a less or sexual race. sounding game next time so that we don't have to talk about. Thigh Rider. But in all seriousness, the, the minigames are really fun and really creative. Like they have um, one that's um, a squat game where you just like do a squat to jump. Like your your avatar will jump and you're trying to collect coins. Most of them are collecting coins based. Um, you have other ones like there's a really challenging one that I think works out like your arms and your shoulders where you're like parachuting down and you need to like lean. So it's kind of like an ab arm oh, shoulder yeah. workout. Like obliques too, right? Yeah. yeah. And I think you need to, like if you when you open up the, the ring con like pull on it, it'll like pull out the character's parachute and then when you like like release it'll just like you'll fall quicker and you're trying to like get more points and on that one you can have like a friends list and a worldwide list and it refreshes weekly which is kind of cool because it's pretty much encouraging you to continue to like keep rechallenging it because the leaderboard resets over and over again um and yeah so i thought the mini games were like super creative i was not expecting them to be that fun i think my favorite um, yeah. mini game so far is the one where you have to uh smack the robots and you hold the oh ring yeah and you push into push in and oh, then yeah, out that to go out. Cool. Yeah. But it's like a, an internal ring of robots and external and you're... Even though I didn't like the game that much, it yeah. kind of reminded me of ARMS, like the kind of ARMS mini games where you'd yeah. be like punching yeah. out. Um, yeah, they're just really creative and well done. Like I, I haven't been on to talk about Ring Fit Adventure yet, so this is me doing that, but like I've loved... <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Zach. Yeah. Well, I wasn't on when it came out and I didn't get to review it and I yeah. get to talk about it. I did post about it a lot though on the MVC Facebook group, but um, yeah, I've loved this game. It's been so much fun. I'm trying to stick with it. It's um, it makes working out a lot easier. Like once you get going, turning on the game is still 
like, mm, I'd rather lay down. But then once I get going, like it's way easier to do that workout in my opinion than the workout videos that I normally do. Uh, it is a little bit less rigorous than some of the workout videos I would do, but it feels like less can't of you, a drag. Can't you choose to like do like an extreme mode or like a medium mode? Or? You can. The reason that I say it's less rigorous is uh, typically the workout videos I would do would be like, you know, shout out to Blogilates on YouTube. Like they're like a lot shorter because the reps are a lot faster and more intense. So I like would work harder in the videos I traditionally do personally than like Ring Fit, where it's a lot more foam, form focused and slower, which it I actually like. It's you better. Some of the battle. Yeah, because you're it. It helps you like get good form because it's not about going quickly; it's about doing the exercise well, which I appreciate. That's cool. So it's doing uh, it's doing well in Japan, by the way. It, cool. Uh, it didn't just pop up into the uh, you know into the top slots in its opening week. It it sold another sixty eight thousand units, nice. which I think was number two or number three on the on the list in Japan. So it's doing really well in Japan. We'll see when we see uh, NPD numbers if they have another Wii Fit or mm. if people are too lazy to play this. But if you're if you're holding out because you think there's not enough game there, it's actually really charmingly created and mm. well well put together. Yeah, I'm I'm playing it's a better it. game than Wii Fit. Yeah, that's what I've heard from a lot of people mm. that have played Wii Fit. Yeah. I played about 40, 40 minutes. I almost said 40 hours. I played about 40 minutes at a time, and I feel like I'm going to be playing this for months before I finish it. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of content Interesting. there. Mm -hmm. Zach, cool. what have you been playing? Um, yeah, I've been playing uh, some Dragon Quest XI S Definitive Edition for the Nintendo Switch. Um, that game is amazing. I know I've talked about it on like every episode of NBC. Um, I've been playing it in a way that's like almost like episode arcs of a TV show mm -hmm. in that like you'll get to a new town, there will be a quest to do in that town, you'll do that thing, and then I'll take a break and move on to something else and play that for a little while. Um, I've been playing a lot, a lot of The Outer Worlds, um, which is not on Switch yet. But will, will be. be on Switch, and uh, man, that game is amazing. It's like, really nice. It yeah. is incredible. It's and on I, Game Pass if you have a Game. If Pass. yeah, it's on Game Pass. It's on PlayStation and uh, PC. And if uh, if it is a passable edition when it comes to the Switch, it's going to be an awesome, awesome game on the Switch because it's essentially just like it's somewhere between. Fallout and Mass Effect and Knights of the Old Republic and it's so funny and so smart and I really really love it so hopefully they make some announcement about when that's coming to Switch. Yeah, if it's not on your radar, it's it's from uh, it's from the developers Obsidian, Obsidian uh, New Vegas of, uh, Fallout New Vegas, mm -hmm. but many members of the team worked on the original Fallout before you know it became a, a Bethesda franchise and got rebooted yeah. with three, uh, and they also worked on Knights of the Old Republic too. Yeah. Um, and so it does It does have that kind of sense of humor, kind of like that gallows humor. Yeah, it's really Fallout funny. Game. It's set in a really colorful world. Like this, yeah. this uh, you know, you're, you're in outer, outer space, you're uh, with like crazy technicolor skies yeah. and um, crazy creatures and just very humorous situations and like, a lot of scumbag. Artistically, it looks yeah. like, art design-wise, like it looks almost like a little bit like Bioshock in space. It does have some and Bioshock like, yeah, elements. I, man, too, it yeah. is an awesome game. Yeah. I'm really loving my time with that. Not out on Switch yet, but, but hopefully soon. Put it on your radar as a most wonderful Switch if that's a competent port, like Dragon Quest, which is a really competent port. I mean, port. I, I, I so would well. say that the, the, the difference between out... Uh, Outer Worlds and Dragon Quest is that the Outer Worlds will be a scaled down version for the Switch, whereas Dragon Quest 11s is like they say it's the definitive version because there are so many enhancements to that game. Um, Digital Foundry did an awesome breakdown oh, yeah. of like all the differences and changes, both graphically and non graphically, in Dragon Quest 11s. And if you're on the fence 
about that game, take a look at that video. Just very but, clever, a good explanation of how they got this game to actually run and look similar. Which is amazing. To the, Incredible. Uh, the much, yeah. much more powerful console version. Um, yeah. And then lastly, Great. I finally finished Link's Awakening. I was taking oh. my time working my way through that. And I have to say, like, still a very important game to me, still very special, still a game that I hold very near and dear to my heart. Uh, not my favorite game in 2018 like, or 2019. I'd like you and Brian to have a debate. Yeah, I know he told me to hold off uh, until he and I could be on the show together, but our schedules are so like kind of random these days. But like, I, I feel like that game is um, really, really wonderful, really charming, but like really weird in 2019 <laughs> in that like as a Zelda game, it's weird because there's no like, like there's no real thread there. Whereas like, Links, links, uh, link to the past and link between worlds. Like you're jumping back and forth between these two worlds. Majora's Mask and Ocarina of Time. Like you're jumping back and forth between these two times, right? Um, or more. <laughs> yeah, or more. You know, Twilight Princess, same deal. Uh, Wind Waker, same deal. But um, Link, Link's Awakening is just kind of like, well, okay, here's your path. Do these eight dungeons. And honestly, like in 2019, those last three dungeons are not fun. Like they I don't think that they're hard. I don't think that they're fun. I don't think that they're super well designed. I enjoy I enjoy yeah. it a lot. I I really like the game. It's not my game of the year actually. You know, this I year don't where like, we had Fire Emblem and Fire Emblem was a better game. I think me. I'd be hard pressed yeah. to put it even in my top ten this year. Oh. Like I I really love that game. Like I have the owl tattoo to my arm from when I was a kid. But like mm-hmm. playing it now is just, like, I didn't get the tattoo. Yeah, when I was like, you got a tattoo like, when you were a child. Um, but playing it now <laughs> is like, like me up it, and it, just pulled up. I think that there's I think that there's a way a right way to do like a, um, from the ground up remake. And this to me just feels like a new coat of paint on a very 1993 game. I think they walk that fine line between remaking I, I something know, and like, like leaving it the addition for people who remember the addition of, well, that's the thing is like, I remembered everything really well until I got to like the last like two dungeons yeah. and the ability to tag stuff on the map is great. But those last dungeons are just cumbersome. Like huh. by the time you get, halfway through the dungeon and then you realize like, Oh, I didn't flip this switch to the correct thing. I got to track all the way back and flip the switch again. It's like, like that just feels ancient. No, by no, today's true. And some of the puzzles aren't as well designed as a link to the past. Remember a link to the past used a lot of spatial stuff mm-hmm. where you push a block into a hole and it falls, falls onto down, the floor yeah. below. Right. Right. This one is much simpler and sometimes switching a switch doesn't actually do anything of consequence. Right. Either, other than like unblocking your pathways, like link to the past definitely is more, uh, complex and, sure. and better game, but this is a handheld. This is a Game Boy port, right? Yeah. It's a game that was. Well, and it feels like a, a Game Boy feat, game. If yeah. feet to pull off on the Game Boy, uh, just like you know, the original Legend of Zelda was a feat on the NES with mm-hmm. a multi-screen setup. So, um, I really, I really enjoyed it. But I hear you; it just definitely has some warts. Yeah, I think, I think artistically, I think you know, even tonally, the game is really brilliant. I think yeah. for what it did for the Zelda franchise, in that it encouraged it to be very weird. Like I think every Zelda game after Link's Awakening takes a big note from like, oh. We can be really weird with these games and people will still enjoy it. Um, I think it's important and I, I really still like hold the game near and dear to my heart. I was just kind of surprised. Like I played through the last two dungeons and the final bosses and stuff this weekend. And I, I was surprised at how many times I was like, Oh, this sucks. Like this isn't, I'm not having fun playing this part. Like, yeah. Man. Anything else you want to crap on? Or was no, I mean, I know people are going to come after me in the comments for that. And like, I don't think so. I think like, people people realize that there are issues but it's with like the game the, because like of the, its age. The floor layer yeah. in the last dungeon where you have to like fill in the floor gaps to get yeah. the keys and stuff. 30 attempts at that? Really? You, I, like, saw, yeah. you can't, I saw your like, tweet about that. Ugh, sucked. 
Okay. Really? Like, yeah. I had fun. no problem with that. I saw you yeah. post about that. Yeah. Like I just, it took me a second to figure out the controls, and then I'm like, oh, now I get it, and I yeah. could yeah. do it really easily every time. I mean, that yeah, I feel like but. it's funny because like I tweeted about it, and half of the comments were like, oh, you're just bad at this, but then the other half were like, yeah, I was also stuck That's here so for funny, half an yeah. hour, or like, oh, that made me want to throw my switch across the room. Like, it's just like there's there's little things that the I feel like the direction. Yeah, I feel like there's little things about that game that Nintendo of all developers should have seen and been like, oh, this doesn't work in 2019. Mm-hmm. This needs to be fixed. Like, yeah. Hmm. Janet? I mean, I'm basically just playing Ring Fit Adventure. I'm still like cool. replaying portions of Luigi's Mansion 3. <laughs> Great. But that's yeah. basically it. I'm looking forward to, no offense to Luigi's Mansion 3. I've loved my time with it. I'm ready to play a game that is not Luigi's Mansion I want to sure. <laughs> yeah. So let's move on to everyone's favorite game that we're all going to play today right now, oh, which is uh, the spooky edition of Question Block. Ah, uh, that's not a game. Spooky edition of question block with some regular question block questions thrown in. Sure. This first question is from Emmanuel Luvano. Luvano. Yeah, Luvano. Um, what's the worst scare you've had with a Nintendo console not working? For example, there's a blackout in my house a couple of years ago, and when an electricity came back, my Wii U would not turn on. I unplugged and plugged back everything, and the HDMI port had busted. I had a component Wii Bummer. cable that did not work, that did work, but had to send the console in for repairs. My scariest moment was two weeks ago when I got the Disney Disney Tsum Tsum Switch Special Edition. Mm-hmm. I brought it to work. When you take them out of the box, sometimes they got like 15% charge on it or something. And uh, I plugged it in here, put it in the cradle here, and had it update um, to the latest firmware. And then it just wouldn't turn on. Like after minutes... I'm like, oh, like, first of all, I noticed it was off and I'm trying to turn it on. It doesn't turn on. I was like, oh, no. And at that moment, I was like, this is an import from Japan, brought it back. Um, You know, how do you even get a replacement from a vendor like this far away? Uh, Luckily, it was one of those moments where a a very hard reset. We're talking, what is it, like 12 seconds of holding the power button down would reboot it and snap it out of it. But like no, like plugging in wouldn't charge. Nothing does anything. That recently happened. That recently happened to my switch at work as mm-hmm. well. Um, it was charging. It was fine. It was at 50% when I plugged it in and then I went to go use it and it just would not turn on. Yeah. I remember I went over to Tom in like a panic, like, what do I do? Yeah. I, th- and I, th- I think a lot of switch owners may run into that. So if that ever happens, don't panic, hold down the power button. It is a very long time to count till 12 or 15 or whatever you need to do. But uh, glad yours fixed itself. Yeah, it's fine now. Yeah. When uh, when I first got my GameCube, I bought it for uh, Wind Waker, and uh, my buddy, I had bought it, and he had come over that night, and we were just gonna like play Wind Waker all night. We were like so excited to play it, and I had my GameCube set up on uh, the TV stand in my living room, and he got up to like get a drink or something, and tripped over the controller cable and pulled the GameCube off of the the stand and it like hit the deck and the de- the disc inside had come off of the like actual um oh. disc holder and so like first of all it scratched the disc all up which I thought was going to be terrible but then secondly um I couldn't get it to turn off. Like the system was just like, it was just like a frozen screen of Zelda music on a loop. (laughs) And like, I couldn't get the system to turn off. And like, we had lost like a bunch of progress and stuff Uh in the game. And I was so mad. And then finally, like I just unplugged it and it like hard reset. But yeah, that was a bummer. That was scary. Yeah. wonder if that drink was worth it. I mean, it was probably like a Pepsi. So probably so. (laughs) Yeah. I think not sponsored by Pepsi. Hinge on one of the DS's too. 
at my house, but it wasn't me. It was one of my kids. That Remember the right. big fatties, the silver yeah. ones? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, Chunky boy. They had bad, bad hinges. Yeah. I mean, a lot of those lights have bad hinges still too. No. Yeah. So they came up with that slab one. Yeah. The 2DS slab, the, the doorstop. Yeah. The doorstop. Um, cool. The only <laughs> thing that comes to mind, I don't know if I had anything when I was younger. Um, also so many times tripping over cords and almost breaking consoles. Like that was an awful time. Um, but when I, got my switch like at launch I did a midnight launch like I went to GameStop got it brought it home we wanted to play right away because like what's the point of doing a midnight launch if you're not going to play that night for at least a little bit so we um opened it up and I slid on the Joy-Con grip without looking at it because I figured oh Nintendo I did the same thing Nintendo wouldn't I, I figured I didn't need to look at it here's why I thought I could just leave it I'm like Nintendo wouldn't make it so that I could mess this up because that would be bad design. They did make it so you can mess it up. So I put them on, like, I'm sure a lot of people have done this, where the minus of the plus upside yeah. down. I didn't know what so to do. Painful. And it, it feels really hard to, like, take it off, too, because not only is it not, it's not on correctly, so it's, like, weirdly fitted. And I didn't know what to do because I was worried I'd break it. It was the only controller I had. I didn't buy, like, a pro controller or anything. So I was like, no, I can't, my, it's, like, midnight. What am I going to do? So I just looked up on YouTube, like, you know, how to fix Joy-Con, or Joy-Con strap put on backwards and some... Mm-hmm. YouTube video from Australia like came up and they're like, Hey, cause they got theirs before like the U S one. They're like, if you mess this up, here's what you have to do. And they just like, to- basically you just have to slide in the opposite direction using a knife or like a little like thing to wedge. It is also really good. It seems scary cause you feel like you might break mm-hmm. it, but it pops off and slides off really, really easily. And since then I like never make that mistake again. Um, I've brought my switch also, like I used to teach high school and I brought my switch for my students who are high schoolers and some middle schoolers to use. And one of the first things I said was be, make sure you don't like, make sure you look at it. If you yeah. slide it on, if you have a question, let me know because like, don't mess up my stuff. And like, of course someone <laughs> messed it up and they're freaking it's out. So, and I'm like, hmm. it's so weird. It seems like they shouldn't have designed it. This yeah. Way. I assume they wouldn't. Way I found, cause I've done, I have a lot of Joy-Con. I've done this a few times or had this happen in my house, you put the Joy-Con grip on the edge of a table mm-hmm. and you just push down on the controller oh, and it comes yeah. off really easily. You just need a little bit of okay. leverage. leverage there. Yeah. 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 Good luck. Yeah. yeah that was scary. Uh, I was bringing my Nintendo 64 to my neighbor's house so we could play Mario Party and I was trying to get the controllers and the games and the thing and my backpack all at once and went down the stairs and then I dropped my Nintendo 64 down the oh, stairs. No. It was totally fine. Oh, yeah, like I went destroyed. over there, plugged yeah, those, it in. Those, so indestructible. The Nintendo, it was fine. Yeah, I was gonna say the Nintendo sixty four is a tank. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was just completely fine. And yeah. then also my Nintendo DS, uh, the touchscreen calibration was just off, no. and I could not fix it. And it was literally a month after warranty, and I was so worried. And I called, and I like put on hold, and I was listening to Star Fox music yeah. while waiting. And they took my Nintendo DS and fixed it, even though it was after warranty for free. So, yeah, all good good news all around. Oh, also my cat. um, Man, I have a lot of these stories. This is a bad ending. Uh, My cat knocked over my Wii U while it was on. And uh, it stopped reading discs after that. Oh, bummer. Luckily, there were no more new games coming out for the Wii U after that happened. So I just just had to play Smash at another person's All my original (laughs) systems still work. Nice. All my original Nintendo systems, I've had, I've had five 360s ring a red light on me. Damn, five, five? yeah, crazy, I, right? They're all buried outside. But, I had um, one, but the Wii, our Wii, makes sounds like a freaking jet fighter. Like, like that's it, crazy. It's not doing well. So next question is from Ben Fraser, who's in Japan, who wrote into us on uh, NVC at IGN.com. And he says, I've been resistant into jumping into the Pokemon series. Oh, here we go. Oh, God. 
most because I rarely even come close to finishing games on handhelds. Now it's um, basically long story short. He's asking. He's baffled about the difference between the two versions and if there is a difference uh, between the two titles, or should he just go with his gut? So I thought I would just take this opportunity with Pokemon Sword and Shield coming out right around the corner to just tell you the differences between the Yay. two games. Um, so which, we also, which we also have in our wiki page. Yeah. So <laughs> if you go to our wiki page, if you search IGN Pokemon Sword and Shield version differences, it should come up. But um, the basics is that in Sword, you will get Zacian, which is the wolf with the sword, the legendary first. And oh, you'll God. also get Surfetched, and you'll get the fighting type gym leader, Bea. chicken with a leak. Yes. Pretty much. And then for shield, you'll get Zamazenta and Galarian Ponyta and the ghost type gym leader, Alistar. There are actually seven different lines of exclusive Pokemon. You can look at all of them on our page, but these are the most important ones. And also you will get your box art legendary before the elite four normally, but you can still get the opposite versions legendary usually after the credits roll. Yeah. And you always trade for exclusive Pokemon. Yep. You can always recommendation. Like when you look at like your personal preference, uh, if I, if I am self-contained and had no one to trade with, I would get shield. Okay. Too bad I got sword. So um, I'm probably still going to get shield, honestly, because I think I like the ghost type. I think ghost type emulator is kind of cool. All right. So yeah. I'll probably do shield because I, I want the magic horse. Um, yeah. You, I want the magic horse. Yeah. Zach but also wants the magic horse. No, I I've decided I'm not going to play this game. Actually. Oh, yeah, you did. Baloney. No. I saw your tweet. This is the tweet where you. Uh, I just don't have tweet with what was the last Fire game? Emblem. Fire but Emblem. I just I don't have time for another like 150 yeah. plus hour investment um, this year. It's not that long. Like, it's like, it's like 50, 60. Why would you say that? No, it could happen. Like <laughs> all the cables here. You know what, pair? I hope you break both of your legs. Yeah, that, then I would play Pokemon. <laughs> Fair enough. Also, I found it interesting that I interviewed Masuda and Amori like a few weeks ago oh, and that went live last week on the site. And when I asked him about this, Masuda said that um, he would choose Pokemon Sword because he wants to fight the, is a fighting type? Yeah, the, the fighting. gym leader. And then Omori chose Shield um, because he wanted the legendary. So I just thought, I mean, someone could be like really like negative and be like, they probably just each chose a different one, you know, because PR or something. But I thought it was cool that they had like different reasoning. And I think ultimately at the end of the day, it's, what matters most to you and pick based on that. And then some people also do like the cutesy thing where it's like, oh, I'll get this one. My sibling will get like the other one or my boyfriend or girlfriend or partner will get the Mm -hmm. other one. So I think those are traditionally how people go about picking. But at the end of the day, the experience honestly is not very different. Yeah. I'm usually like when my kids sometimes gravitate towards the same version. So that's frustrating. So I always pick the other one. Oh, that's very nice. So considerate. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe you just think swords are cooler than shields or or vice versa. So you can just pick based on that. Um, So next spooky question from Shane McCulloch. Have you ever played a Nintendo game that scared you as a kid and made it hard to continue playing? For me, it was the Ocarina of Time Redead Screams of Terror. (laughs) And I've I've heard a lot of people say that the Redeads freaked them out. No, same thing. As soon as I became adult Link and went out into that plaza, I just immediately like put down my controller and went and got my dad and I was like, I need an adult. Because he squeezes (laughs) in place. Like they don't just scream and come after you. They you can't move. Spooks you. And then they grab you and go, Yeah. You know what they call that? (laughs) Danger zone. Danger zone. That's what it's called. No, it was terrifying. Same thing when I went to go get the um 
the sun song and that whole area was just full of redents and I was waiting for my dad to come and he was yeah, like, I'll get there eventually. And I, I ended up doing it myself because I got impatient waiting for my dad to come, come save That's me. That's probably what he was holding out for. Yeah. He's like, maybe if I just wait a little longer, yeah, she'll she won't notice. Like, I mean, there's the, there's the creep the creepy Jipdos and Majora's mask too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that area, that whole valley is kind of um, creepy. Very I, creepy. But I that like moon is kind Nintendo of Nintendo hasn't made a game that is like, Really scary. Um, Silicon Knights did, oh, well, Silicon uh, Knights did Eternal yeah. Darkness. Yeah. Like so, I mean, like published by Nintendo. Yeah. Uh, like that was gonna be my pick. Like the um, <laughs> the save error uh, uh, glitch, like joke, really freaked me out when I was playing that as a kid. I remember like really losing my mind that I had lost all my save data and then being like, oh no, this is what this game does. If you don't know Eternal Darkness, as your character gets more insane, like your insanity meter literally fills up, the game will mess, like break the the fourth wall and mess with you. Yeah. Uh, One thing is uh, it'll pretend like it's turning down the volume on your TV. It'll show like Like the most common display of the time, like a green volume bar going like empty. Like what? Am I sitting on the remote? It'll have like a reflection in the screen of Uh someone. It does all these things which are just it was like really it'll, it'll cool. do like the t- like mm-hmm. the um, tube TV like shoop, and like oh, turn yeah. off yeah. yeah yeah so uh, and then the save file error was re- that was a really mean one but it did have some genuinely like creepy moments yeah and creepy vibe with yeah. some scare effects as well um, I couldn't finish the, it I was too scared the grand piano and Super Mario sixty four. Wow, that was scary. Remember that? Yeah, that was a. Uh, they did a little surprise in the. It's a weak ghost house for Mario's sure. game, but you walk by the piano, it, it'll it'll try and chomp you, and yeah. like you don't expect it. I thought that was. I forgot about that guy. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. It makes a. It makes a like a. Yeah, like the yeah, yeah. chords. Yeah, there's not a lot of like scary Nintendo games as has already been said, but um, I would say, I, well, as a kid, I was always really like scared and like anxious over boss battles because I started playing games when I was like five and like the thought of it being like the equivalent of like a game exam where it's like everything you did doesn't matter can you kill this thing and it wasn't even hard to kill the thing but I would would always stress out about it Um, like sometimes I would make my brother do it for me a lot of times he'd be like no you have to do it you have to get over this you can do it you just walk around and pick him up I'm like I can't he's moving too fast and I would just you know freak out so other than like that um not really anything. I mean, I, I what, the first time I saw Resident Evil was on the GameCube, uh, and that game scared me. Like that game is the game is yeah. scary. So um, still scary. I didn't play it, but I like watched my brother play it a lot, and it was just like super creepy. So that's my Nintendo scary memory. That game was extra scary because they messed with the player where they changed certain elements around. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I had played the original and I played the remake, and there's that character that follows you. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's so good. Lisa Trevor. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Or all the all the uh, redheads. Yeah. Ugh. I think it was one of the first games I played that had the the quick time events, and I was yeah. not not a fan anticipating them at all. Yeah, so you used to I put think the controller down, and I you're think, like, pick it up. Oh, it was like the giant like fish or something in the lake, yep. and like just, I it yeah. got let's me. go to the phones for a second and check whether uh, let's talk to some fans who really like quick time events. Hello. Oh, no one there. Got it. Cool. Oh no. So, can I have another Pokemon question? Sure. Yeah, so I feel like we got off pretty I mean, this week. You guys are asking us I, questions. I'm just answering. I saw some somebody <laughs> left us some negative reviews <laughs> oh, on, no, on iTunes. Did you see that? Somebody left us some negative. Because we talked about Pokemon because too we much? we talked about Pokemon too much. If if you enjoy the show, leave us leave us a um, leave us a review, and we absolutely read feedback yes. too. But 
It wasn't that much Pokemon. Come on. No, and this is this is a Halloween question. It's from Sam Shoemaker. Isn't that funny? He says, which Pokemon would be the scariest to meet in real life? Haunter. Obviously. He's, he's haunting. Yeah. He's ha- and, his haunt lick, and his lick attack paralyzes things. Yeah. So, oh, licky tongue. Oh, you don't like no. that? I oh, yeah. Also I, from Detective Pikachu. I didn't that like thing him. That creepy. Yeah. I didn't like him like, as a oh, real Pokemon. Oh, you look in, into yeah. its beady little eyes, and you just know that thing's the, killed some people. I also people. feel like <laughs> Slowpoke, there's something wrong with that thing. I kind of so like There Slowpoke. are a lot of ghost-type Pokemon that are legitimately scary. Like, there's this whole side quest in Pokemon Ultra Sun and Moon about a, a Drifloon, and the lore of that is that it takes away children's souls. So, there's that. Are there's we also, safe because we're adults? Hmm. Or... Uh, can anyone like, catch I don't know. You're cosplaying hands. as a squid kid, so like, yeah. <laughs> or are they all kids? I thought that was like a colloquialism. <laughs> Maybe it is. Is Pearl a child? No, they're adults. They're, they're adults. Teenagers. Yeah, when they're old yeah. enough to like drink and stuff. Yes. Yeah. One's like twenty one. <laughs> one's like nineteen. There's a there's another Pokemon called Yamask, and um, the description in and why is each of them carries a mask that used to be its face when it was human. Sometimes they look at it and Sick. cry. And these Pokemon arose from the spirits of people interred in graves. Each retains the memories of its former life. And like, like sometimes you see them. Spooky, it's just dog. a mask. I don't know. They're just like really a lot of really spooky ghost Pokemon. I love Pokemon. the scary, creepy ghost Pokemon. I think the scariest Pokemon to me would be probably the one that could do me the most danger. So like maybe Onyx or Snorlax, like a large one that could step on me. That'd probably be the scariest Charizard. one. I'm only five. But I thought Charizard would like, I don't know. I feel like we'd be friends. Like, it's cool. It's like Gen 1. We're like, just talking about it. It's okay. We can move on. From Edward Garcia, what's your favorite candy? Snickers. Really? Oh, yeah. Hands down. Oh, That's my go-to candy for if I want something yeah. filling, but it's not my favorite. Snickers. For You're life. not going to know mine. I'm not going to say licorice because it makes you guys uh, angry. Cool. But uh, Red Band, uh, this Dutch company, makes, Great these, trailers. makes these smileys, <laughs> these colorful gummy smileys, and they're just the best thing. Shout out to our Dutch listeners out there. Red Band. What little sour of? sticks and hmm. smileys and stuff. They're the best. Um, I would go with like Sour Patch Kids or um, I really like the um, the Airhead Extremes, like the like stringy rainbow sour candy. Yeah. You mind? I really like different flavored Kit Kats, like the green tea Kit Kats and like, all those did, green tea Kit Kats. Did you try the new one? I would never. I hate spicy stuff. Oh, I see. <laughs> but um, also German raspberries. I don't I don't know oh, why the they would call that. Ones. Yeah, yeah. They make but, the blackberries and the raspberries. Yeah, yeah. I like those a lot. Yeah. And lastly, from Sean Lopez... Do you like candy corn? No. no. I like candy corn. Really? Like, what? Yeah, I like candy corn. I used to be no. a candy wow. corn. You're a candy corn sympathizer? From, from, is it it's just, just sugar. Tears. <laughs> it's just pure sugar. It's just different. <laughs> Hydrogenated Ugh, corn syrup. Awful. Yeah, pretty much. It was made so parents who didn't let their kids have candy could be like, fine, it's not that great. They gave them the candy corn. They're like, see, we weren't lying. Candy is like not teeth. very good. Yeah, no. it's not. How would you know that, Pear? How would you know what teeth taste like? Because we all lost we, teeth at one point. I mean, did you teeth? swallow the tooth you lost? I mean, they're yes. teeth in our mouth at all times. So you're saying that. Candy corn just tastes like no, the inside of your mouth. No, it tastes like baby teeth that came out. I don't like pear. This, this is you're getting into a weird mm-hmm. territory here. Candy hey, corn, why'd you? Pear is the scariest is Pokemon to encounter. I feel like I feel like whoever made candy corn, Mister C Corn, whatever, <laughs> had stuff lying around, wanted to get rid of it, and he's like, "I'll just paint these things, and it'll be fine." <laughs> so now you can ponder why uh, pear knows what baby teeth. Tastes like, and with that, we so will weird. end that our was Halloween like one of the episode of Nintendo said. Voice Chat. The, the truth very is, very strange. 
I am the tooth fairy. Okay. All right. Hey, why'd you bring that spaghetti? Well, here That's first. where all that GM money came from. Uh, go watch Alien again. Okay. So, hey, guys, thank you so much for oh. joining me for the Halloween episode and for being good sports about the costumes. Mm. Here, where can they find you? Uh, at my house at with electricity house. this week. Finally. Playing That's lots of games. Wow, look at uh, you. And on Twitter, Pair IGN. What about you, Zach? Danger zone. <laughs> That's not true. That's not right. And also my Twitter handle is at Zacharyasd. Yep. And you can find me at Shiny Casey. And my handle on everything is Game Onesis. Yeah. So thank you so much for watching. Remember, you can listen or watch NBC IGN's Nintendo podcast every Thursday at 3 p.m., which may change eventually because of the way that we get games, but we'll let you know if and when that happens. You can also find us on IGN.com on your preferred podcasting platform. Thank you so much for watching. And remember, this is the only place you can get the candy. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world. That ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.